whew, see if we remember how to do this thing. Coming from the Suns Jam Session, a podcast that is known for going live after every Phoenix Suns game. We're in the offseason right now. Things are different. We're coming to you for the first time in, I think, a couple weeks. Feels like a month. Matthew, how long do you feel like it's been since you and I got together and actually potted? Because last time I potted, you weren't even present. Or were you? I don't remember. It was that long ago. Long time. And honestly, I was a little nervous today. A little nervous just like last uh, last playoffs we did last year where I got a little bit nervous between those pods. But I was like, am I going to remember how to talk? Or I don't even think I even remembered how to talk in the first place, right? <laughs> this pod. So, But on, honestly, John, you look uh, you look a little slim. You lost some weight there? You can tell? Yeah. Aww, thanks, I, oh, I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, my summer, ever since the Suns lost, much akin to the majority of the fan bases, done a lot of soul searching. I want to find myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Let's, let, let's check out those Weight Watcher points. Let's see how that whole shit works. It's a, it's torture, but I have lost like 10 pounds. So if you can see it Looking on the camera, good, great. If you can hear it in my voice, if you're listening to the pod, even better. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm about to turn 40. It's time to start really focusing in on my health. Stop eating as many cheeseburgers. Start having a few more salads. Nothing too crazy. Uh, popping open a, do- a diet Dr. Pepper tonight <laughs> rather than a beer because this is zero points go. on the Weight Watchers program. So is I'll it pop- really? Yeah. Do they doc- recommend it though? They, they don't, don't recommend it. Of course it. they don't recommend it. And I'm not sitting around pounding these things either. Like okay. they're around. My wife likes to drink them. I'll drink one every now and then I am obsessed mm-hmm. with water. Like that's my thing is since I've kind of tried to change my diet. Like I just, I love water that plus 114 degrees. will do that to a guy. Right. Yeah, exactly. Blaze Megatron. You can actually see it, boy. Oh, see, that makes had me to point happy. it out. So it's true. <laughs> yeah. I've dropped like, I think almost like nine pounds, 10 pounds. Good. So good for you, man. Well, that, that, See, thank you guys. That's the motivation to keep it up. Cause you know what it's like, Matthew, you know, cause like you went through, you go through those spouts where you're not going through gluten cause you're trying to make yourself healthy. Mm-hmm. And there's times and moments where you're just like, just give me a carne soda burrito smothered <laughs> in cheese. Who cares anymore? But then you yeah. get a positive reinforcement from your friends and family. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? I guess, I guess it's, it's just lay it. off another day. Yeah. That's what it is. Like yeah. one day at a time, right? Mm-hmm. One day at a time. So, well, welcome everybody to the sun's jam session podcast. I'm John. You can follow me at Darth Voida. He's Matthew. You can follow him. At Matthew Lucy. And of course, you can follow the show at Sun's Jam as usual. If you happen to be watching along live, please hit that thumbs up button. Please share with somebody. That'd be a new that's a new thing I might fold into the mix as we go into the new season. Mm -hmm. Share share it. Pop on the YouTube page, share it with somebody. Let them know. But hey, if you want to talk to Suns with a couple of slim looking guys, uh, stop over to the Sun's Jam (laughs) session podcast. (laughs) Uh, so you know, but 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 things are a little bit new about uh, around here, like I said, diet Dr. Pepper. Matthew's rocking that sick Suns hat right there. Uh, which so you got to tell me about that shirt. Who are those people again? Oh, it's uh, Chip and Joanne Fixer Upper. Fixer Upper. Yeah, I used to watch the show uh, religiously, and they're the one couple I still believe in. You know, if they ever break up, they're gonna make it. It might be the end of me. No, so, Matthew, nothing to me. believe in. They're gonna make it. And that's what it. we're going to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session. It's Chip and Joanne or whatever. <laughs> Chip and Joanne. Take that wall down. Anybody <laughs> no, watches we're going to talk a little bit NBA Finals. You know, the, the season is yet to be com- finally complete. We have never we have not officially moved into the offseason, although clearly as Phoenix Suns fans, that's where our head is at, which will take us right into some of the trade rumors that are out there. We're going to review some of the trade targets that i've proposed on brightsideofthesun.com and if we have a little time at the end much like chip and joanna we'll talk about what we're watching on tv because i have a feeling that a lot of our fellow phoenix suns fans are doing just that we're not completely engaged in basketball right now we are watching things outside of phoenix Suns. so let's talk about some of the things that are going on movies shows whatever the fuck uh and we'll go from there sound good sound like a yeah man? yeah yeah let's do it man so let's pop them if you got them matthew what are you popping some water i just got water no you see that thing? A, you got that jug i have a coffee actually yeah yeah I got that jug. thing looks like oh and i saw my old. i saw my gum on top of it oh, I that, like a little valley girl <laughs> <laughs> well i'm gonna pop it matthew's gonna start chewing the gum right off the top of his coffee and you know what new intro time
for those of you who are watching, not listening, you got to see a few new dunks in there. Again, we're the jam session. So we're going to throw some new jams in there. I got some Jay Rich in there, Charles Barkley jam. And of course, rather than having a beat that I created on my iPhone one time when I was bored as our intro music, that is the lovely and stylish sounds of Analog with Matthew <laughs> Lissy on lead guitar. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. My old band I was in, uh, about four or five years, we had a little run there. Um, it's funny because I never tell anybody the name of our band because I'm always too embarrassed. <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's analog. Yeah, that's what it is. But we it's always a wanted great to change band it. Name. It's, it's okay. You know what's so hard is actually choosing a name. It is so difficult to choose a good name. So we just settled with that. We're like, what the fuck it? But yeah. Well, and think about that from our podcast. I mean, that was a big thing that we had was trying. Now, we had initially, for those of you who have been with us for a long time, you know this, but initially we were the Solar Report podcast. And I was going through my phone today. I was looking at old pictures and I actually have a picture of you and me podcasting in my garage when we first started. (laughs) And after we started to do it and we did it with some consistency, consistency and we started to gain some uh, momentum, obviously the Sun Solar Panel, who at the time had uh, Dave King, had Espo and had tim tompkins on it they're like hey guys um we're the solar panel and i'm like oops uh yeah the solar report just sounds good so uh we we changed it to the sun's report podcast which just didn't work and then yeah we finally came up with that name uh unlike analog who never i mean did you guys have a band name before analog yeah so <laughs> actually it <laughs> oh this is kind of embarrassing but uh it used to be called um we call it okay. So me and the singer, we came up with. Uh, oh, this is embarrassing. It's the hey, It's it's fun. called. It was called Monster. All right. And, okay. Ah! Just Monster. Just Monster. All right. And uh, it's funny because we had our sticker because we had a band room and we rented a room where a bunch of bands practice and we had our name on the front. And I remember one day I was practicing by myself in there and someone walked by like, "Oh, Monster, that's real original." I'm like, "Oh." Shit. <laughs> so. <laughs> So then we went into analog and then uh, we actually changed our name again. I think it was Deer Horizon, which uh, I don't even know. But then we actually split before that one came into effect. So long list of terrible names. The, dude. Good, old, the good old analog days, though. I know, you know, when I first met you, a lot of the times, you know, I, I obviously I'm, I'm married to your sister, but a lot of our first dates were going to watch you perform yeah. and, and, you know, playing like that song. That's our intro. That's hold on by analog. You can check it yeah. out, check them out on SoundCloud, go buy the CD. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, a lot of great times. And, and you used to, you, I, you used to wail. You probably still do wail on the guitar, uh, but highly talented, my friend. So thought I'd throw that out there. looks like some of the jamsters are commenting and they're saying, Ooh, you know, the, uh, they, they like the, the new intro song so we'll try it out for a bit if yeah like sounds it, good it looks good and you know a lot of those uh those were dates too the girlfriend i was with at the time all yeah. it was every week was oh i got a show oh i got a show yeah now i look back on them like damn that must have been annoying it's just a show every no weekend. but she you know she loves I mean? she loves supporting you though she loved being in the front yeah. i remember one time you played it like this little shitty place in mesa where they were serving beers out of a trash can mm-hmm. like they had a trash can had ice in it you don't know because okay. you were up on stage and uh, so we went to go buy a beer and they're like pulling them, pulling cans out of out of the uh, the the trash can with ice and like jello shots yeah. were in like little paper things like how you're at the hospital. And they're like, here's your pills. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like that was a jello shot. And it was just like it was dope, though. It was it was packed. And uh, they patted me down on the way in and out. So I'm like, hey, someone could get shot at an <laughs> yeah, analog anywhere, concert tonight. anywhere we played in Mesa. It's It was always that way. Uh, we had bulletproof vests on the stage. So, And then, of course, for those of you who are local, you know that there's an annual tradition in Chandler called the Ostrich Festival. And, man, Matthew, one year analog was playing right next to the ostrich races. We did it three years in a row. That's dope. <laughs> it was so awesome. So. Yeah, that was fun. Sorry about the tangent there, Jamsters, but I just thought yeah. that was it's, it's, it's a fun right. story. So uh, first thing I want to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast is the NBA Finals. You know, here we are. The, the pinnacle of the NBA is occurring. And I just want to know, you know, Matthew, first, are you watching mm-hmm. the finals at all? Like, are you are you catching any of it? Yeah, I am. Um, the last two games I watched, I actually I took an edible before. Um, so, you know, I think I told you I was, I watched a game high before and it was, in, it was insane how much more fun it is to watch basketball well, high. Well, especially when you're not like invested in the teams, right? Exactly. Like, watching you a can actually just completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not going to come on here with notes taken from the game. I just wanted to watch, you know, Steph mm-hmm. Curry go off 
And just it's a different feeling. And I've told you, I've been watching it from like the above the rim cameras. Sometimes they have it set up good where the audio sounds good. But recently, it's kind of like the audio goes up and down, up and down, depending on what camera they're on. So I actually had to watch the broadcast because I just wanted to watch it in silence and just hear the players. And I think they silence it because you can hear them cuss a lot. So nice. that's so the best actually, way I feel like to watch the game if you're not investing at the right, in the right notes. And that's via like the ESPN app, right? Because it the, is okay. Yeah. So rather yeah. than logging on to or not log, for, rather than analoging on to, <laughs> it, you know, I have Directv, so I watch it obviously on ABC 15, which is the local uh-huh. ABC affiliate, which of course is uh, an ESPN affiliate. But you're saying the above the rim is better because you don't have to hear. And and I, I'll say this on conversely. I have not been disappointed with the uh, commentating on this. Jeff Van Gundy, I feel, does a really good job. I feel like, did we get him last year when the Suns were in the NBA Finals? I think it was the same crew, right? Yeah, I think so. And I really think that, like, I really like Jeff Van Gundy because he kind of keeps it really real. Like, there was a couple flops last night in Game 5 of the NBA Finals, one by Gary Payton Jr. and another one by Jordan Poole, where he just flat-out calls it. He's like, oh, come on, that's a flop. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't reward that. And, like, he says what I'm thinking, you know, when it comes to those kind of things. So I do respect that. It is nice because it's not on TNT. I don't have to hear Reggie Miller's annoying voice. But I can see why, you know, one, for you, it's nice to sit back, watch the game, and, and not have any uh, commentating going on because it's a different experience. And two, when you have an edible and you're – feeling a little wheezy <laughs> uh it's even better because you're totally zoned yeah. into like the game it's about the game right it's not about it's like just, the yeah. people's takes on the game it's about the game so it, it's a different feel um just the spacing and stuff when you watch it it's like basically watching when you play 2k you know the 2k camera where it follows the players so yeah it's kind of cool i mean they can fix the audio um and just take off the because i've always wanted it and i think this started back when the cowboys used to blow every playoff series or every playoff game when uh, you had troy and buck calling the game and you know, it just gets a little frustrating listening to those guys when your team's losing. So I'm like, I wish I could yeah. just watch these games without the broadcast. And even Kevin Durant brought it up too, where he doesn't watch any game really. I think he watches it on mute. I like that too, but I want to hear the game. I want to hear the fans. Yes, the and it, it gives you that. And if they can work out the kinks, I think it's a good way to watch basketball. Of course, you can't see the whole court. I mean, it basically follows the ball. So if I were to watch the Suns, I need to watch the full view so I can see what's going on. Like I act, mm-hmm. I act like I know what a defense set is, and I act like I know what the hell they're doing out there. But You're like, dude, what just, about that pin down, yeah. bro? Exactly. You can't even you can't even see anything but the ball sometimes. So other than that, it's a fun way to watch it. Yeah, I, maybe I'll try that for game six. You know, I'll log on my phone, whatever, or I don't know. I'll figure it out because I, I do want to experience that because you and I, you know, we were talking the other day. We had lunch and mm-hmm. we were talking about that. I was like, yeah, that's that's kind of a cool way to to experience it. You know, so that being said, like, what are you seeing in this series? Are you excited about this series? Do you think it's a good matchup? Uh, yeah. Are you still pissed that the Suns aren't there or did like the Western Conference yeah. finals kind of dilute that? Like, what wh- where are you thinking? You know, what do you, when, when you're stoned out of your brain, what's going through <laughs> that brain? You know, of course, I want the Warriors to lose. Um, but if it doesn't happen, I mean, it, it's kind of like one of those things where now I'm thinking about, I'm like, okay, so this is still the team, you know, kind of like in a way where Michael had to get past the Pistons in a way, you know, the, the Warriors are still there. They're still yes. a force to be reckoned with, whatever you want to say. I, I think the Suns, obviously, whatever happened at the end, we'll never know for a while, I think. But everyone does comment, say, like, the Suns could be both the teams. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll never know. But I do enjoy the series right now. And it's not just because I take an edible. I just – because I can't I, – I like Steph Curry. Of course, I, I don't like him when we play against him. But he's a fun fun player to root for. I like rooting for Jason Tatum now and Jalen Brown. And if I have to hear about who's better, Jalen, Jalen, or uh, Jason Tatum or Devin Booker, oh, like God. one more time on Twitter, like just leave it alone. Both these guys are badass. They're not as good as a Steph Curry or a LeBron James, and they probably never will be because LeBron shows you exactly how hard it is to be yeah. so consistent every night. And you see players like Jason Tatum and Devin Booker where they can't be that consistent every playoff game, and in the finals they can't be that consistent. That just shows how hard this game is. And both players right now even though Booker's not in the finals, they're just, you know, they're next, you know, it just, they'll be consistent on some level in the future where they're just rolling through these games, averaging the 20 and 10 or averaging the 30 and 10, whatever. They're going to be those players in the future. But right now let's enjoy it. Like, I don't like how we have to compare Jason Tatum to to Booker right now. It's just like, this guy's good and he's going to have his insecure games once in a while, but he's on his way up there. He's still very young. Well, that's the key is he's 24 years old. Yeah. Uh, he shies away from contact. 
It's the one thing that I noticed. Uh, you know, he he can hit some dagger threes. I'm enjoying it for kind of the same reasons because again, I just don't enjoy basketball, period. And I have not found myself doing two things during the game. One is is looking at any of the talent on the floor and trying to compare them to members of the Phoenix Suns. Right? Like I, it's it's yeah. almost like everything and what I do with everything in my life is when that emotion hits, I process it, I compartmentalize it, and I just put it away. And like that's how I'm with the Phoenix Suns right now. It's like I, I've taken that emotion. I'm still frustrated. Like if I was to open up that that compartment and start talking about the Phoenix Suns and the end of the season, I would once again have to express my anger with the way that it ended, much akin to a lot of Suns fans. But I've compartmentalized it. I've put it away. And as I've watched this series, again, I don't do any comparing of Phoenix Suns players to uh, what's going on. And the second thing that I find myself not doing uh, while I'm watching these games is uh, I don't remember because I feel like I had an edible. I had a second point. <laughs> I completely forgot it. <laughs> what else don't I do? I was like, I don't, I don't compare. <laughs> you don't compare. Uh, I don't know. You don't root. I mean, are you? No, rooting? I definitely I root. Know. I definitely you, root. You're like, rooting I, for the Celtics. Yeah. I, I want, I want Boston to win just because. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't go on Twitter. That's the other thing I don't do. I, okay. I, I, when I'm yeah. watching these games, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not going on there like, hey, Jason Tatum, fucking hit a jumper. Like I am. Mm. It's very different, obviously, because the way that you and I watch basketball games is we're watching Suns games, we're taking notes, we're on Twitter interacting, and then we're coming on and afterwards we're processing it. And yeah. with this, with this game and these or this series and these games, I'm just processing it as a basketball fan. I'm just, you know, like, damn, dude, like, look at the way that Steph Curry is stepping up and and showing out. And then the next game's like, look, he can't hit a three, but his team is now carrying him. Yeah, you know, look at the way that Boston is is playing physical in this game, uh, but look at in this game how they just they can't hold on to the ball. They just turn it over. They're such a sloppy team, you know. So mm-hmm. if you were to ask me, like, m- much akin to what you said, like. Would the Suns be either one of these teams? We'll never know. And I'm past the point of trying to compare the Suns against these teams and trying to say, well, we would win. Like, we have no right to really do that. And it's annoying because we know what this was like last year as a team that was in the NBA Finals where you would see, because we were engaged on Twitter during that time, fans of the Warriors, fans of the Lakers, you know, how many fans of the Lakers in the NBA Finals were just still talking shit after we beat them? You know, it's just like... yeah. Well, you know, if we were healthy, we'd be there and we'd be winning. You know, it's just like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this for the basketball that it is. And the basketball that it is, it's fun. It's entertaining. It's two teams. Neither of them is dominant. That's the one thing that I'm taking from this series is they have dominant stretches, but neither is dominant. So when we look at this Warriors team and we think back to that run that they had at the back end of the last decade, that was a dominant team that you expected to win every night. This is entertaining because you sit back, you kick up your feet, and you don't know what the fuck's going to happen because Sometimes they got it. Sometimes they don't. Right. Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed too, were the, the fans, the difference of the fans with cheering, like the Celtics fans are great, but if you ever see like a three go down to end the quarter or, you know, a, a you know, the Celtics taking the lead with three minutes left in the game or something, it's loud, but you ever know, do you ever notice that the fans, the Celtics fans, they stay grounded. They're never like, ah, like they just stay grounded. And it's just like an like, East oh, coast thing. Yeah. yeah. And if you watch the Warriors, they're all jumping up. I mean, Suns fans do it too, but well, I'm Suns like, fans, we come... jump up and we got money in our hand that we're like, oh, yeah, count, exactly. my, count my hundos, bro. Exactly, dude. Yeah. You can't forget Gross. that. Gross. And it's just, it's funny. Cause you think about it's so loud, but where's the movement? But they're just, you know, they're just sitting there screaming like, Oh, I gotta be tough. You know, that's the way Celtics fans are. Oh yeah. You watch the warriors. They're just jumping Them, up and down. Phillies fans or, yeah. or, or, or Philly fans. You know, it's like, yeah, we won. And instead of getting high fives, they're like decking each other, you know, like hit me yeah. again, bro. Yeah. Little, like oh. uppercuts. <laughs> yeah. Like bam. Yeah. How about that three? Oh, bloody noses, you know? And yeah, yeah you're right. Like it's it the West coast thing, especially in like, seeing that's in San Francisco and the majority of those fans are like the Silicon Valley people. Like, yeah, they're, they're totally uh, a different kind of vibe. And Mm. it does, you know, I do feel a little nostalgic because you and I went to game two of the NBA finals last year and the experience and, and how that crowd felt in that arena that night when the Suns won their last game of the season was something that's that I can never replicate. I went to 2001 world series game seven, and there was a special feeling in that moment. Obviously, the, the Diamondbacks won the championship that night, but the way that stadium felt, 
the next time I felt that was last year in that finals game. There's just a certain energy in there. And I feel like Suns fans, as you mentioned, more aligned with Warriors fans in the way that they act in those games, in the way that they get up, they yell, they mm-hmm. scream, they, you know, where, yeah, I noticed the same. It's funny you said that because I was noticing the same thing in the, when that the Boston games. It might have like, been like an edible takeaway, you know, takeaway from me just being on edibles. Oh my God, dude, the new <laughs> segment is born. I, you know what? I can edible takeaways. I'll start taking. Notes and I'll just read them off. Yeah. <laughs> Edib- edible <laughs> takeaways. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Bye, Matthew. <laughs> uh, and another thing, you know, and maybe this is one of a stupid reason to to want the Boston Celtics to win, but you know, for those of you who followed the pod throughout the whole year, there was a, the segment uh, where I was actually in Boston. I went to a game one night, so I got to see yeah. Boston play in Boston. It'd be kind of cool to be like, yeah, you know, I saw that team play in their home arena that year and beat the Toronto Raptors. So I clearly like Boston more than the the Warriors primarily because of the fans uh every warrior fan that i know in my life and believe me i know more than i should (laughs) uh they just it's a different you know i've I've said it before and i'll say it again it's like new money they just they're a team that has recent success and they have to constantly remind you that you don't have rings and like I, i think it's classless to to go to that argument and perhaps that's because i'm one of the people that the majority of my teams don't have rings but even as a dodger fan <laughs> right and and don't get me wrong like the dodgers won 2020 i know a lot of people don't really give that any merit i still have a, a hat that says they're the champions and they won one in 1988 when i was a kid you know if i'm sitting there and i'm having a conversation with a fan of like the rockies and they make a good point about something relative to the two different organizations i'm not like yeah well how many rings you won i just it's mm-hmm. such like a it's like a like a fifth grader trying to win an argument kind of move. And that's how I feel a lot of Warriors fans are. So typically when I look at different teams, if I, like, for example, if Ohio state is playing Michigan, right. In football, I'll go against Michigan. Cause a lot of Michigan fans just annoy the living shit out of me. It's not that I don't like the team. I just don't like the fans. I don't want them to feel happiness. And maybe for that, I'm an asshole. No, you're fine. Um, the the way <laughs> the way that the Warriors fans are, and I think their whole team, the way they built it, I can really respect it, right? I mean, they're paid a lot of money, but they did it the right way. I mean, even the way they redeemed Andrew Wiggins, he's basically, you know, an actual really good. I mean, he was an All Star, but the second half of the season, yeah, was nothing. But now wow. in the playoffs and especially the finals, he's really showing up. So it's a good story. They're still, even though we hate them winning all the time, but that's how you do it. Hopefully, one one day, four years, five years from now, we have a couple like the Warriors, yes, under our belt. Think of that narrative, though. Andrew Wiggins dogged for years and years and years, and is a vital piece thus far in this series, especially in the last two wins for the Warriors. If they win. If they win it and they win the championship, like Andrew Wiggins, NBA champion on his basketball reference page, like everyone could be like, yeah, after everything's said and done, he's a champion and he helped us win that championship. So, oh, well, well, that's enough talk about the NBA finals, right? Right. I think we're good. Okay, good. (laughs) So what we'll talk about next uh, is just some trade targets. You know, one thing that I've been doing for brightsideofthesun.com is just starting to put together some conversations about potential trade targets for the Phoenix Suns. Guys that I'm interested in hearing and, and, and navigating those conversations, seeing if it's worth bringing different players in, right? And it's funny because what I'll do on these different articles that I write for Brightside is... I'm a nice guy. Like I'll put together a potential trade deal for a guy, right? Like, and my goal is, and I try to state it as much as possible, but no one reads the whole article. They just go right to the trade thing and then put their comment in the bottom. You know what I'm trying to say is like, not necessarily like this is the trade to acquire this player. I'm just saying like, it is possible to acquire this player. And this is one way that we could do it. And everybody's like, dude, that trade fucking sucks, bro. That's a stupid (laughs) fucking, I would never fucking do that trade. I'm like, listen, it's not about the trade. It's about Mm -hmm. that player. Do you see that player being a productive member of of this game? And and again, I I understand it's a loaded question because obviously you have to understand what the outgoing assets are to understand how they could truly impact the, the, the team. So I do get that. So that being said, I'm still like, exploring those different names, right? So the first name I wanted to bring up, bring up and the first guy that I proposed on brightsideofthesun.com was Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards, if you will. So when you look at Bradley Beal and and you take a look at like his uh his current contract, right? So with the Washington Wizards, obviously he got pay- he's getting paid over there, uh but he's on the last year of a of a 
two years, $70 million contract with the Wizards. So any potential trade that the Phoenix Suns would make to bring him to Phoenix, there's an understanding that he is a player who is an unrestricted free agent at the end of next season. And I think, you know, obviously from a transaction standpoint, you have to weigh that and you don't want to obviously give up too much, but you have to give up something to match that $36 million um, salary that he, that he's procuring. So essentially what I did is I made a suggestion on bright side of the sun that we go ahead, we make a stab at Bradley Beal. We, you know, we put some chips in the table. And again, I understand, you know, kind of, uh, that he's an expensive player. So I was like, okay, Jay Crowder, Landry Shamit, uh, DeAndre Ayton, and a first round pick. And I feel, and of course I get trash for it. It's too much. Oh, they would jump at that deal. And I get it. They probably would. Uh, so not necessarily that transaction, but let's start with this, Matthew. What do you think of, of Bradley Beal as a potential member of the Phoenix Suns? And do you think that we should give up a lot knowing that this is a player who at the end of the season is an unrestricted free agent? Oh, first of all, great art. It looks really good. <laughs> this little thank, graphic thank you, you got th- up. Thank Love you, Stat Muse. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, was it the Stat Muse one? It looks awesome, man. Um, you know, uh, of course, if Aiden's involved, because he might, he obviously will be if we get anybody of Bradley Beal's caliber. I, I, I'm I, more for Bradley Beal than I was before. And the reason is I've always kind of been for like, you know, adding that other guard that's just, you know, a badass guard. But he doesn't bring any kind of winning ways to phoenix right he's lost his whole career basically he's like the over he's like the other devin booker like he he was always compared to booker in a way to where they haven't won anything now booker is like an kind of in a, in a different realm now than bradley beal but bradley beal he'll he's the other guy that can just be that other shooter that can really be someone that can help with chris paul's i think minutes i guess i hate to mm-hmm. say that because you know chris paul probably won't sit at all but he will help in that way. And, you know, and of course, we'll get into the argument of DeAndre Aiden and, you know, do we keep him? Do we not keep him? Because it seems like everyone right now wants to keep him. But just in case we have to get rid of him for reasons we'll never know, because for some reason, like they want to trade his ass and we'll probably never know why until uh, probably 10 years from now. Bradley Beal is the perfect, I think, replacement. I, I know that it's weird. It's like three guards, but I've always wanted that. Even when LaMelo was coming out of the draft, I wanted him to be with Devin Booker and I wanted him uh, with the Warriors, like with the Warriors back. I think they do that right now with Jordan Poole though, don't they? But they do. Yeah. So that's awesome. So I think that Bill would be a great fit. I just, I know that the money is just, it's a lot and people might say he's overrated and he's paid too much, but it's like, who else are you going to get? It's just like Chris Paul paid way too much. Who else are you going to get to come in here and help you win? You know, and I'm not in these guys that the Suns have now, haven't won anything. Bradley Bill would be another guy just like that. So I don't know. It's a tough one, but I'm for it. If it happens that we're, we have to get rid of uh, DeAndre Aiden. Are you frozen, John? Oh, you're frozen, dude. <laughs> hey, we're back. We're back at it. We are back at it. We're stuck on this Bradley Bill segment. Sorry, John, you're a little frozen. Unless I'm frozen. Jamsters want to let us know who's frozen right now. Um, Bradley Beal's contract, too. I'm sure John was actually going to go over it, but I can actually go, br- go ahead and bring that bad boy up right now and see what's going on here. Let's see here. So Bradley Beal is making... Yeah, through next season, he's making 37 mils. So I know Jamsters right now, you're probably wondering why would we get a guy like this up on our team for that much money? I mean, you already got Chris Paul. You already got Devin Booker. Where is he going to fit? I'm telling you, man, it would look actually pretty brilliant. And I don't know where we really stand with DeAndre Aiden yet. And I don't know why it's so confusing. Why we, why we don't know what to do with DeAndre Aiden. I mean, we have a lot of love for him. Then we have a lot of hate for him. But if we're right in the middle of it and we're just thinking like if we have to get rid of him, I think Bradley Beal's a great option. And I'm going to just keep talking until John gets back because he had these graphics up and I know he wanted to go ahead and continue with them. So... Please pause for the moment. I know he'll be right back. Let's see. And here he comes. My God, my computer just like stopped working. Is- <laughs> like my desktop. I'm like on my laptop. Now. Oh, yeah. What did I miss? <laughs> no, you're no. So I, I finished my Bradley Bill argument just saying that, you know, I would love him in, in place of Aiden if we have to get rid of him. 
and there you are. You you sound a little echoey, but we can hear what you're saying. Um, but I mean, where were you gonna go with that, man? Keep talking. Can you hear me? Oh, you can't hear me. No, I can hear you. I just okay, cool. Oh, you're just setting stuff up. Yeah. So we we're, we were just talking about, or me and myself, where we're talking about that, and you know, it's been a couple of weeks now. We're back at it, and we're falling apart all over already, dude. Check. Um, there you Better. go. You sound good there. Yeah. You sound really good right there. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Check this out. Here we go. There you go. I'm looking at my laptop now down here. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be looking down the whole podcast like an idiot. Uh, oh, this is about to die too. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, we're and we're and we're back. Uh, so to your point, I'm going to do my best to try to survive this. I'd really like to know what happened to my desktop computer. Just like I was like clicking buttons. It's like, nah, you're you're done, bud. You're just done. Just yeah. turn it off. So it's like just we're I'm gonna restart on my own. You're not gonna restart me. I'm gonna restart on my own. So to the Bradley Beal point, and I like what Blaze Megatron said in the chat. Uh he says Oh, this one? Had that moment from Wayne's where Wayne has to carry the show. That's not true. Well he says how valuable is Crowder and Shamit really? Because I included them in that trade that I made mm -hmm. that, you know, it's like, yeah, you just you add it, the, the the big win for Washington is bringing in um, DeAndre Ayton. Right. And mm -hmm. maybe you don't include a first round pick as I did. Maybe they have to include a pick to help take that contract. The goal is if you bring a Bradley, uh, a Bradley Beal in that it's an appealing enough environment for him that he does want to resign here. And then you got to figure out what that money looks like. Right. And you know that the next year is when CP3's contract isn't fully guaranteed and you can start to allocate some of those monies to him. And eventually what you're doing is you are phasing out, if you will, Bradley, uh, Chris Paul. You're setting up that two-guard lineup. Because remember, Bradley Beal, he's six foot four. You know, he's not a huge guard. We would have yeah. a small but very athletic uh, backcourt. You know, but that being said, you know, you mentioned a little bit that he hasn't necessarily won a ton in his, in his playoff career. He's been to the playoffs five times. You know, in his what one, two, three, four. Yeah, and five, I, I just six, meant championship seven, eight, nine, because ten. we have players that have won on here, but they haven't won at all. You know agreed, I mean? agreed. And he's somebody who has performed in the playoffs. Uh, he's just been on bad teams, and I'd like to see him yeah. in a good situation. And I just, I, I like the thought of Bradley Beal. Obviously, I wrote the article for Brightside about that because I thought he was potentially uh, a good pick for the Phoenix Suns. So, again. Is it the ultimate answer? No. And I can understand why some people can say like, oh, hell no. Like you said, overrated, not worth the money. Well, I mean, the guy I can don't score. Like, he I don't can care. take a lot of offensive pressure off of, the, money, uh, of Devin Booker. You can run point Beal, point Booker with CP3 here. Again, you run those three, card, those, those three guard lineups. My one concern is probably some defense. You know, you sacrifice yeah. some defense. But I mean, what defense is Jay Crowder slash Landry Shamit giving you? You know, and if DeAndre Ayton's not going to be here, you might as well go big game hunting, right? That's the way the Suns have to attack the potential loss of a DeAndre Ayton type figure is you have to go big game hunting. So uh, how much, to, go ahead. really quick too, with the defense, how much does it matter if your team's winning and you have a chance to actually win something? Doesn't that like make your defense a little bit better? Like once you want to go out there and play some better defense, like I feel like he's, he's capable of it. So I know defense i've never been a big fan of like oh this guy doesn't play defense i don't want him like okay i guess not but like who else are we gonna have on this team you know what i mean if if ayton's gone a guy like bradley bill is a huge huge piece to put in here and to continue the winning i just think it is and of course i don't want Aiden to go but i'm just saying like the defensive thing we have to get over that i think if we're gonna get someone like bradley bill who could score and take over a game then you fill up the rest of the needed. roster with potential defensive stalwarts yeah right yeah, exactly steph curry yeah. how great of a play of a defensive player is steph curry i have no idea I he's don't not pay attention he's to not defense. good that's what i'm saying like it's not even there so you build around him you have the draymond greens you have clay thompson who's not been very good at defense but you have andrew wiggins who has been during the finals and that's where you make up for it so again it's yeah. not a, an end-all be-all but it's a suggestion right the next suggestion I'm going to bring up is another guy I wrote about for Bright Side of the Sun, and that is the Detroit Pistons' Jeremy Grant. Uh, he has definitely been mentioned in the conversation relative to DeAndre Ayton possible destinations. In fact, John Hollinger of The Athletic had reported that he uh, that they recently stated that one of those destinations for DeAndre Ayton could be Detroit, where the rebuilding Pistons enter free agency with a lot of cap space, 
a franchise player in Cade Cunningham, and one of the league's most uh, uh, obtainable and attractive chips in trade chips in Jeremy Grant. So Jeremy Grant, six foot eight, two ten, long, mm-hmm. really good defender, has shown the uh, the capacity to score in. Detroit seen as he's been shooting the past season. He had 14.9 field goal attempts the previous season. He had 17.3 field goal attempts. So he definitely has when given the opportunity to try to score, he can, it's kind of like having a bigger uh, Mikhail bridges. Almost. What are your thoughts on uh, Jeremy Grant and make it last for three minutes? Cause I got to go run and grab my, uh, my charger for my laptop so, and go <laughs> and go. Okay. Yeah. So Jeremy Grant's actually, he's a guy that I, um, before when the Suns were always looking for that extra piece, I think there's a couple of years ago where we would always think Jeremy Grant's the next guy to come in here and be something. Um, he, he was, he was a guy that went to the Pistons and he actually was able to up his statistics, show that he can score so that show that he can be, a guy in certain situations, not be the actual guy, but he can't really take over either. So if we're able to get him, I don't know if this is even, this is not much better than I think the Bradley Beal. I won't even actually put it on the same tier as a Bradley Beal, but this would be a good extra piece. And it's crazy because you have two guys like Cameron Johnson and Mikhail Bridges who are continuing to improve. So you have them trying to improve their game and you bring in a Jeremy Grant who would actually be a really good four on this team, I think. And a lot of a lot of the Suns fans want an actual four. Um, I'm not sure if he's the actual guy, but I think he can be a good piece next to Booker and next to Chris Paul. But then also, it's like, how much do I am I willing myself willing to sac- sacrifice Cameron Johnson's minutes? You know, if because I I thought he had really an opportunity to be the four for the Suns still. And then a lot of these trades we're talking about, Jay Crowder is a guy that's going to be gone. So that 100%. leaves a spot for the number four, which would be Cameron Johnson. But then can he rebound? Can he box out? Can he be that four? I always think he still can. I think the final or not the finals, but this playoff run, which is not very good for him. Um, but Jeremy Grant, I just I just don't get too excited. I don't get too excited like a Bradley Beal. I know what he can bring to the game, but it's just it would be so disappointing for me to have him and just be like, OK, Aiden's gone. It's like that would just that would kind of be soul crushing to me. See, I'm I'm excited about Jeremy Grant. He's one of the ones who, as I've continued to explore different trade possibilities, he's somebody I'm I'm really excited when I start to to analyze a little bit of the tape, to look at some of his deliverables. You know, for those of you who don't know much about him, he's a guy who possesses like true three and D skill set, right? Six foot eight, like I said, seven foot three wingspan, career thirty five percent three point shooter, uh, really good at creating his own shot. He knows how to attack the rim, straight line driver, pressures the rim. Uh, which we need. And it's something that, because you mentioned, like that's a role that we want Cameron Johnson to grow into. But I think that there is a ceiling on the talent of Cam Johnson. And that is a really good, solid role player who can get some starts here and there. But I don't know if necessarily he is an everyday starter in the NBA. I think that what the Suns do with him this offseason is going to kind of show us what their thoughts obviously are on him relative to how much he gets paid. You know, you get Mikhail Bridges and they pay him, you know, like 19, 20, a million, or maybe it's 24 to 25. I'd have to look at the contract. I forget right now. And I'm sure one of the champions will let me know in the chat, but that's for a guy who's an all defensive player and a guy who is a defensive player of the year runner up. Cam Johnson's not in that same ballpark. So knowing that we, that Jay Crowder wasn't the answer. I think that Jeremy Grant as a four would really be an answer for the Phoenix Suns. Again, it depends also on what they do at that five position. If they go and they pursue somebody else and just go, hey, you know, Jeremy Grant's somebody who can create, somebody who can attack the rim, he can defend. I mean, a starting lineup of CP3, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Jeremy Grant, and insert center here is something that is very appealing to me. Yeah, this is just a tough one to talk about, honestly. I don't well it's just because just because it it's like because you love Cam Johnson so much and you know that this guy eats into the potential of Cam Johnson. Yeah, so, that's what I was saying when you were yeah. actually gone. Yeah, that's oh yeah, I, no, I, it's, I it's, was it's hard. listening. <laughs> I wasn't listening. Uh, yeah. I so with with him joining the Suns, it would be cool if there was a lineup where Cam still came off the bench and somehow we keep Aiden, but that would not be possible. No, you Aiden would be part of the deal. The, the, the deal that I proposed on Bright Side of the Sun was Jeremy Grant for DA and campaign. 
The okay. math works. The money works. Because you look at Jeremy Grant and his cu- current contract situation, and he is also in the last year of his deal. He signed a three-year, $60 million uh, deal in 2020. So this is also the same. You're in the same situation as you are with Bradley Beal. This is a player that you're bringing in and you have for one year. And then based on that year, you're going to have to have another contract and hope that they want to resign with you. So those are a couple, you know, the first two I want to start with are those kind of contracts where they're, these are unrestricted free agents next year. And you're giving up DA knowing that he's going to sign a four year deal. You know, it's a sign and trade and he's going to end up being playing four years for another thing for the other team. The one thing I do like about this is if we do have to trade DeAndre, I would like it to be to the Pistons for two reasons. One, we only play him twice a year and two, the Pistons fucking suck. Just like yeah, that, but they they do have some good pieces there too. Um, Kate Cunningham does look like that'd be kind of cool to see Kate and DeAndre, but it's just, just such a weird thing to think about, right? I mean, yeah, no, number one we pick for the Suns, just like gone. Yeah, yeah, for for Jeremy Grant potentially, like yeah, like you told me that like when we drafted DA, it's like hey, we're trading him for Jeremy Grant, but like the fuck happened in Phoenix? No, exactly, man. <laughs> does not All right, look well, good. let's bring up another guy that I wrote a piece about, Dante. D Vincenzo currently playing for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, you take a look at his current contract with the Kings. Again, he came over in a deal uh, in the middle of the season with the Milwaukee Bucks, huge player deal that he came over with. He is entering uh, the season in which, you know, he, he's in that same draft class, I believe as uh, uh, eight and them, right? So he's 18, a 2019. 2000- yeah, 2018. He was yeah. the 17th overall yep. pick. So he didn't receive a rookie extension, much akin to DeAndre Ayton, right? So he would have to be essentially a sign-and-trade option for the Kings to make a transaction occur. And his qualifying offer is $6.6 million. So he's a guy who you could definitely take a stab at in a sign-and-trade opportunity. Uh, obviously, a guy who provides a physical presence, can shoot the three ball, um, is somebody who you know you take a look at what he did while he was in uh, the purple and gray, right? Those are there because I, 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 <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm purple like, and gray. Yep. I'm like, uh, purple and gray, yeah. So the purple and gray of the Sacramento Kings when he when he came over, you know, 10.3 points per game, uh, 36% from beyond the arc. He wasn't having a great season in the first 17 games with Milwaukee. We only shot 28 shot 28% beyond the arc, but he's he's a career 34.7% shooter, nine points a game. I just feel like you know, you take a look at him, 6'4", shooting guard. Is he an upgrade to, to Landry Shamit? If so, make that deal and upgrade to Landry Shamit. <laughs> you know what? He just, he, this guy, though, when you watch him, he knows what he's doing on the court. He's very comfortable with himself, something that we never saw from Shamit. Um, but uh, DiVincenzo, just, he's that hustle guy, like you said, the defensive player that you know can get up in someone's grill and play some good D. I, I don't know if it's better than anybody else and maybe replacing Shamit with that, that's the only thing I can think of, right? That's the only role he could fill. Yeah, exactly. And that's one guy Shamit that I don't think is going to be coming back. I I would be very surprised if we had Shamit back, but if we were to replace him with Dante, I think that would be pretty impressive Uh, just because defensively, I think we can use him coming off the bench for sure. Well, and again, you know, you make this Villanova West, right? Like he won national championships with Mikhail Bridges. He's somebody who has a championship mentality. He's won, an, he's won a championship, although he didn't contribute to the Milwaukee Bucks run over the Suns last year. He was a member of that Bucks team that won a championship last year. So he has that pedigree. This is just something I wanted to explore, considering that Landry Shamit is somebody who I don't necessarily know if I want back next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be hard. And, you know, you you, you take a look at uh, what Blaze Megatron says in the chat. He's like, I do that, but would sack. And the great thing about Sacramento is you don't know what they're going to do. That is not a very well-run organization, right? Like, they're going to have an option. They have the fourth pick in the draft, and the most likely prospect who's going to be there is another guard. Like, all they do is draft guards. It's like Darren Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, Davion Mitchell. They're going to have another shot at another guard. I forget the guy's name because I don't give a shit about the draft really this much this year until draft day when you and I are doing a podcast about it. But I think that given the way that that front office operates, like, who knows what they're going to do? And the interesting thing about Dante DiVincenzo is he might not necessarily even have to be a trade target for the Phoenix Suns. If they offer him more, if if they go, hey, we'll give you, if if they can pull a couple deals off, free up a little bit of money and say, hey, we're going to offer you $7 million a year. And Sacramento doesn't want to match that. They're known Mm -hmm. to not match that. They did it with Bogdan Bogdanovich. They let him walk 
to the Atlanta Hawks just two seasons ago. Yeah, which was crazy. Which was stupid. It, it's insane what they do. Dude. They do well, just like the Halliburton thing. Everyone was freaking flipping over that one. I that one still seems like maybe they made the right choice with Sabonis. Um, I know that's a really great asset, especially someone to build around if you're gonna keep Fox and if you want to believe in Foxes, it seems like they do. You would think the franchise would eventually turn things around and just you know start making the right choices, but here's another one that might not go their way. And you know, whatever their future is. It's tough because Halliburton was a guy, right? Yeah. Halliburton, even we always talked about Halliburton, even though we didn't play the Kings, we talked about him all the time. Well, I but told maybe, you, like, I went to a Sacramento game. In fact, it was the last game that yeah, James Harden played for all the their Nets. Jerseys, right? Everybody in the crowds were in Halliburton. <laughs> yeah. And like a week <laughs> later, they Harden traded him. him. I was like, dude, that's just, that's just not, that's a guy not sitting in the arena for 20 minutes and looking at his fans and going, you know what? I got to choose between Fox and Halliburton. Everybody's loving Halliburton right now. They're sick of Fox. Halliburton seems to have it, but again, yeah. they're they're committed to Darren Fox, who just like likes to disappear in the last five minutes. And I say that now, knowing that if the Suns trade for him in the future, I will forget all of that and I will embrace Darren Fox being a member of the Phoenix Suns. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, man. All right, last guy I think we I'll talk next. about. Let's see, or maybe we'll talk about a couple more. Um, if you're a fan of this podcast, you know I love this guy, so obviously I had to try to work him into a trade, and that is one Ob Toppin. And if you look. If you're watching, I put OP top in instead of OB top in on the graphic <laughs> that I have. So for that, I apologize. And it's yeah, a reminder, if you're listening and not watching, go ahead and head over to our YouTube page. Just hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe. And if you're watching, not listening, go over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and actually write a review, and we'll read it live right here on the podcast. But OB top in is someone I have definitely always had an affinity for as a player. I think he's uh, just has been underutilized in New York playing behind Julius Randle, you know, tries to find instances to shine, but just due to the fact that Julius Randle, one, had an amazing season in Obi Toppin's freshman season, and two, because of said amazing season, got so much playing time and opportunity in season two of his season, of his career that he just didn't get the exposure that I feel like he necessarily needed. He's a really solid asset, and I just think that that is a crowded uh power forward position for the for the New York Knicks. You know, he's on his rookie deal. He's five million a year. It wouldn't take much to get him. Obviously, you'd have to do something that's enticing in, a, in an effort to try to pull him away from there, considering he's a lottery pick. But do you think the Suns have the firepower, the negotiation skills to try to bring an Obi Toppin to the Phoenix Suns? And do you think he would be a productive member of this team? Because this is in, in in my situation, I think this is like the perfect answer for Matthew. Because you bring in Obi Toppin, you start Cam Johnson, and Obi Toppin becomes the yes. backup to Cam Johnson, and then and then you split the you split the power forward position right down the middle, right? Yeah, you actually, I had a couple points. I was one of them. It's like you know, if Obi comes here, he can be a backup to Kim, my my fabulous Cam Johnson. Until it happens, it's going to happen. I'm going to keep talking about it. Um, but it's such a New York Knicks thing to do where they have him score what 35 points and then 42 points in the season. Something just to be so happy about, right? Yeah. In his last two games, that's what he scores 35 points and 42 points. It gives the Knicks fans something. Oh, we got Obi though, right? If he I would be surprised if he ever gets traded because I think this is a real this is a guy that's um kind of welcomed in New York. And he's he was horrible his uh, rookie season, but then he came on later in the year. And, you know, how much I don't know how much I can buy into playing for such a crappy team than putting up big stats. Right. We've seen that with even Josh Jackson at the end of the years. He played here in Phoenix where he would just basically hog the ball and throw up some good looking stats. Um, yeah. But I do like Obi. I've always liked him. And this is a guy that's still a big. I think that he's a guy that needs a four or five years to really kind of be who he is on the court. Um, it would be so much fun, though, to have this guy in the Suns. And I don't know if who he would give up or whatever, but of course it wouldn't be DeAndre Ayton. It exactly, be, that's the thing. Yeah, if we, but that, I think if the Knicks were Land, to give up Obi, that would Landry be crazy Shammett, for them to do that. Bag of Doritos. No, but see, again, this is where I like, you know, I challenge James Jones because Obi Toppin, again, rookie, he's on the rookie deal right now, right? So this is not a, a potential trade DeAndre Ayton to the New York Knicks and get Obi no. Toppin back. Now, that being said, you could do that, but you would gain more assets back than just Obi Toppin. So this is, I'm just saying, if, if you make Obi Toppin a trade target and you don't include DA in the deal, what kind of things could the Phoenix Suns offer? Well, maybe you go Landry Shamit because that'll make the contracts work. And you throw in a 
like two picks, a first round, maybe a second round or a pick swap in there. Yeah. You try to find something to make it appeasing to this to a team that goes, Hey, we already have a crowded backcourt, right? Like we already got Julius Randle. Obi Toppin's kind of his backup, but we haven't necessarily bought into him, nor has nor have we provided him an opportunity to be successful here. You know, he's getting 17 minutes, 17 minutes a game last season and 11 minutes is his rookie season, right? So he's not necessarily somebody who you're consistently relying on. So if you can throw the right package at him, maybe he's somebody you can bring in, you know, because you know Jay Crowder's potentially on the way out, right? He is a trade chip that most likely will be moved if you try to make this transaction. Because like you said, Cam Johnson slides into that four, Obi gets that backup spot. Now you have a solid power uh, of four and maybe, maybe he outplays him. You know, maybe it's an offense defense thing. I don't know. I just, he's a name that I really enjoy and somebody who I think would be, he is a freak and I I wanted him in the draft and I want him now. I want him in the draft too. It wouldn't really be Amari. Remember we compared him to Amari. It wouldn't be Amari 2.0 really, but it would be fun. Like Amari, we get some dunks. Yeah. I mean, Cameron Johnson can bring the dunks, but this This guy, this is true. Cameron Johnson was our best dunker, and that's not good. If Cameron Johnson's our best dunker on the team, that's not good for your team. We need an explosive guy like an OBW phone. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's something worth exploring. So I think that's it. We'll talk on trade rumors on this edition. We'll talk next week. I've got plenty more coming yeah. uh, for to talk about. Uh, a couple more that I haven't even added to my little graphics down there, but we'll talk about them later. Uh, last thing I want to talk about on the podcast, last 10 minutes, Matthew, what, what, what are you watching these days? You know, uh, oh. like the like, like all the Phoenix Suns fans, we're not watching a yeah. lot of basketball. A lot of basketball <laughs> fans just watch the finals. A lot of great TV, a lot of great movies. What, what's going uh-huh. on in the life of you? What are you checking out? Well, right now, before the pod, I told you I've been watching a lot of baseball. So I am a Yankees fan. I'm sorry, I am. But uh, I'm, I'm doing good in fantasy baseball. I've been watching some baseball. It's nice and calm. I, I like watching basketball, but there's just so much bullshit with it. It's so... There's so much anger. There's so much frustration. There's so many ads. There's so much just sex involved with it. You know, it's too much sex involved. It's too much smut. It's too sexy. It's too smutty. Um, so I got to go to baseball sometimes just to chill out. That is out. very unsexy. <laughs> Although it kids is. dig the long ball. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Aaron Judge on his, on pace to beat the home run record of 61 for the Yankees. Uh, oh, but anyway, I was like, so, that's not the record. No, yeah, 70, for, for just for the Yankees. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, who, anyways, who has that so, record, Matthew? For what, 61? Yeah, who has 61? Roger Maris. There you go. And uh, other than baseball, because I'm already boring everybody, a couple shows, because, <laughs> you know, I, ever since weed became legal, I dabbled in it. And when I started watching TV shows when I was high, and let me know if anybody else notices it is the fakest, dumbest shit ever. Like, I can't understand how we watch this and are entertained by it. It just looks so dumb because you can actually see when you're high and you watch this, the any kind of TV show, you just realize they're normal people. And the acting, everything just seems just so dumb. But anyways... It's like, um, these fools are acting. Yeah, it, it's Be a real. Weird, it's a weird thing to watch because you just realize, like, it's just So, example, what are you watching... But it, so right now I'm actually watching... Um, I, I just finished watching Barry the last... I don't know if it was a season finale... Nice. But that was, you know, that's that's one that's different. That's one that will take you in different directions, things that you won't expect. So that's a good one. Better Call Saul. I did finish that one up too. Nice. Um, those are really good. Those are probably the only two that I've watched. And I've been into um, some animes. But other than that, it's just Barry and Better Call Saul. I have a hard time right now sitting down and watching anything. I just, I can't for some reason. You're seeing through the understand. fakeness of Hollywood, man. I mean, it's, it, you know, it sounds like that. But honestly, it's just like, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't want to watch any of this, you know? You know, when I get a honey, when I get a honey, I'll lay down. We'll just watch some shows, but that's about it. I'm looking forward to that. You're, but that that's you're, about it. You're looking forward to seeing Desperate Housewives on again? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I'll watch the Kardashians. Oh, my God. Desperate Housewives is always on in my house. Uh, yeah, Barry's one thing that I definitely want to see. Uh, I've seen the first two seasons. Trying to catch my wife up on those seasons so we can watch season three together because I think it's a fantastic show it's great writing just a good solid a good solid like hbo show you know that's one of the great things about hbo is they have some really good solid shows there uh blaze megatron asks in the chat void and lissy do you guys watch the boys matthew you've watched the boys right yeah first season was really good yeah did you second season it kind of tailed off i didn't like it so i'm not gonna watch season three probably but first season was really good i didn't like how the second season was but i I completely agree with you and, and i have no desire to watch that that being said somebody was telling me like the first scene of the new season is just like fucking gross. Like 
you know, because like, the boys they push the boundary. So the, apparently, do they show that's a penis? Some, or what? I they they maybe oh. blowing up. I don't know. I haven't no. seen it, and I don't know if oh. I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna watch the boys. Speaking of penises, I've been watching a lot of Jackass, and I, <laughs> that's what I've been watching. Yeah, it's like, on like all the Netflix Jackass right movies. now. Yeah, yeah, all there's a bunch of dicks. What a yoga. Oh yeah. Uh, what else have I been watching? Let's see. Obi Wan Kenobi. Have you been watching that? No, I'm close. My my screen name's Darth Voida. Like I'm a Star Wars nut. Uh, for yeah. those of you who are watching it, uh, it's I mean it's must watch, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. Like you have to watch it. But like there's just some really lazy writing in it. And I was talking to my brother about it the other day. It's like all new Star Wars stuff should be written and directed by John Favreau. Like because the Mandalorian was just it was like art. And it's one of those shows that I would watch, and I'd just be mad at like our niece and nephew because like this is the TV that they get to grow up watching. Like I watched Transformers where it was just like a guy standing there and just the mouth was moving. It's like Optimus Prime. We have to go to and you know they, they like, you know it's like and they get like yeah. the Mandalorian, which is like the coolest shit ever. So Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, I really think is there's so much potential there. There's you know all the little oh, Easter man. eggs and the cool stuff. So it's definitely still cool, but like you'll be watching it and like three quarters of the episode's good. And there's a quarter where you're just like, dude, that was just lazy. And I'm not going to give any of it away. Cause I know people ha- yeah. still have to, to watch it. Uh, and maybe one day we can sit around and talk about it once you've seen it, but then you might understand kind of what my frustration with that is. Uh, let's see. What else have I been? I, I knew it would be, I know you said the episodes were good to start, but that's the thing with those star Wars ones. I always get into them kind of, and then they just end up kind of cheesy. Mandalorian Mandalorian though is fantastic. Oh, I, I mean, never finished. Three, that one I think it's three seasons of it. It's two or three seasons. And the end is like, Oh my God, it's, it's, it's everything it should be. Um, God, what else have I been watching? Like I brought up the segment cause I knew I had a couple more reviews on things. Haven't gone and seen any movies like top guns out, all these different movies. I didn't Haven't see the gone. new Jurassic park. Oh, did I you saw see that, how is it? Uh, saw... You know what? You fuckers, um, why don't you ever invite me to that shit? No, I, I went with someone else. I didn't go with family. I just went with someone else. I don't care. I found, found somebody. <laughs> I could be like three rows behind just kicking it. I'll, yeah. I'll be there by myself. I can no, be like your was, chauffeur. Uh... It like, was, oh, I've got a driver. It's very cheesy, but it that's the way it is. is. It like, cheesy? Dre- yeah. It's cheesy. Were you on an edible fun. and you were like, recognize the no. acting was shit? And you're like, dude. <laughs> no, that's one you can't do it with because you freak out because there's dinosaurs. And then you're just like, that's not how dinosaurs look. All the dinosaurs were barely the size <laughs> were, of humans, but it's still were, fun to watch. They were birds, damn it. They, they were, were birds. birds. It was fun. The last hour and a half was actually a lot of action. Okay. That's um, what I but I get kind of bored sometimes, but it was, it was pretty decent. I give it like five out of 10, maybe. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Roy in the chat says, "Have you guys watched watched Peacemaker?" Uh, I haven't. I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Did you like it with John Cena? I thought that one had a lot of potential. It was good. The opening scene—that's the spinoff, really right? Yeah, of, from um, Suicide Squad. Yeah, which that was a really good movie. That last Suicide Squad was really good, and the Peacemaker was good. It's it's there, but it just it never hit for me. So sorry, I gotcha. liked it that much. I know it's like. Is there anything that we're going to talk about that's fantastic? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Better Call Saul, man. That's God, that's what, one. What was I literally watching the other day? I, I should look at like my IMDb because like as I'm watching these shows, I'm oh oh uh, I watched uh, we own this city. Yeah, yeah. So did you finish the, it? Is yeah, it the HBO show. It's seven. It's made by the guys who did The Wire. It's about corrupt Baltimore cops, and it's based on a true story. I enjoyed it. Uh, I like the way that The Wire. I thought The Wire was just an absolutely fantastic mm. show. And the fact that the guys who created The Wire went back to Baltimore and uh, explored that space again, I really enjoyed it. Uh, we, You and I had a conversation, and once you told me your your take on the lead actor for... You, you nailed it. The guy's name, his name's John, with like Bethanol. Yeah. Barenthal, so, whatever. He's the guy yeah. who was in like Punisher and... You know, Matthew told me I was talking to him. You know, uh, a couple weeks ago, I'm like, dude, I'm watching this. He's like, my only problem is, is the lead actor. Whenever he walks around, he's very exaggerated with his head movements. Like somebody will call his name and he'll like turn. He always has his mouth wide open. He's like, yeah, and like I'm like, oh my god, you're right. So that kind of that ruined part of it for me. So thank you for that, Matthew. But it's a good show. It's a good. (laughs) I know how to ruin things. Yeah, and and then the last thing I want to bring up before we got out here, bees or I'm sorry, uh, Ted Lubin brought it up. Anyone watch Adam Sandler's new movie Hustle? Did you watch that movie, Matthew? I did. What do you think of it? Because I watched it as well. I'd, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. You're like, it sucked. Um, the acting. No. I'm sorry. It was it was good. It just um it was just an Adam Sandler movie. Like he'll never oh, be the same no. like he used to be. I um it's I not just meant thought to be funny. 
it wasn't funny, but it just was. It never. I thought the guy that played the basketball player, he was really good. Wancho. I liked him. Um, there's just when they're training him and stuff was really cool. I just kind of got bored with it. I didn't finish it. I think there was 20 minutes left and I didn't finish it. Cause I'm like, I can't, I just don't want to do this. I'm the wrong guy to talk about watching shit right now. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> uh, well I'll say this, like I really enjoyed it, but the parts, you know, cause there's a million cameos in that. There's a million cameos yeah, in, the, yeah. in that movie, right? Like up and down the NBA. Uh, I thought Adam Sandler did a great job. It's a really good story. I feel like there was too much training in the movie. Like, they're constantly showing him training. I'm like, okay, now I'm just watching like a scouting video for Wancho Herman Gomez. Mm -hmm. uh, and I get it. Like the guys, you know, it, it's all part of the process, but I enjoyed it. Like if you like basketball, it's, it's a, it's an enjoyable, gritty basketball movie. And you don't get too many of those nowadays. So, so I appreciated that. So that what, I, what this conversation has told me is between now and next week, when we do the pod again, next Tuesday night, eight o'clock, I need to watch something else and have a better review. <laughs> And not take a gummy because I'll understand that the acting is shit in Hollywood. So now I'm uh, telling you, man, one night just watch it. You'll understand everything's cardboard and it's just weird. Oh, I, oh, I get it. I'll, it's trippy. Yeah, it's it, trippy indeed. Trippy doing this podcast again. Thank you for yes. putting up with my shitty technology. My computer just straight up is like, <laughs> boop, 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 yeah, boop, thanks boop. for putting up with me for that. For those, I can't, I'm gonna go back. I can't wait to go back and listen to it and hear like Matthew just try to drag. I didn't know you were for frozen like, for a minute and then I was like, oh. <laughs> You're just sitting there like, oh, he's frozen. <laughs> I was gone, man. My computer just shut off. So yeah. uh, on that note, Jamsters, again, we thank you for hanging out with the Suns Jam Session podcast. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lissy. And follow the show, of course, at Suns Jam. Subscribe, rate, review. And again, we'll be back live next Tuesday, 8 p.m., continuing to discuss different trade targets and talking about who the NBA champion was because by then we'll know. So uh, until then, you got anything to, to put forth out there, Matthew? That's it, man. Everyone go home and love your family. Take care, everybody.